0: I've got another guest coming up in a few short minutes to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. in a a documentary that is being made. And it's a community story time, and I am really delighted to have Jamil Huck in the studio. And he is the director of the Kessel Peace Institute here on campus. And we're gonna talk about Martin Luther King. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Thanks for having me Great to have you on the show. You have been working on the documentary film That is the November 1961 Martin Luther King Jr. visit to Mankato, appropriate for Black History Month and also Martin Luther King Day. And that is when the premiere of this documentary is occurring. And Ryan Sturgis is the main producer of this in terms of the technical, putting it together, editing. So he's not here today because you said he's a little busy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got Ryan Sturgis and Michael Shaloub are putting the final touches on the movie, doing all the important technical work that I have no idea about. And uh, they're just a fantastic people to work with over there at True Facade Pictures. And so I'm here with the Kessel Peace Institute, and we've we're part of the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences here at MSU Mankato. And it's been a real pleasure to work with True Facade and and to really dive into creating this content to share with our community for a really important part of our history here in Mankato.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be a very important part because it was a part of our history back at a time very early on in Dr. King's entry into civil rights.
1: Yeah, it it was at a time when Dr. King was not quite as famous as he would be, but was really sort of bursting onto the national scene as as a leader in this movement that was, you know, moving out of the southern part of the United States and into the northern parts, such like Mankato. Mm hmm.
0: We at KMSU for a number of years, I don't even know how many years now, have played that particular speech. They did here in Mankato back in 1961. We put it on the air every Martin Luther King Day, and now it's going to be put into context of this documentary.
1: Absolutely, yeah. As far as we can determine, and we've done a lot of research on this, we had uh, students helping us out, particularly Olivia Johnson, and we had professors in the history department. We had a lot of people working on this, and We could not yet find, and if you're in the audience and you have any, pictures from the event or video. But KMSU actually recorded the event in 1961, which demonstrates a great amount of foresight on behalf of the radio. And that's the only existing material we have from the actual event.
0: I find that amazing that, you know, there wouldn't be something in the Free Press archives or or someone that had been a part of that.
1: It, it is amazing and it, 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 I suppose that no one, the press didn't cover it other than the radio okay. and people must have taken pictures. Uh, someone in the community out there has a picture from that day and, and if, if they do have it, you can contact me at peace at mnsu.edu.
0: Yeah, if, if you know or have something, please do. It would add, I'm sure, a lot to uh, the, the, the documentary. So what did you use for your video then in terms of the speech since you just have audio?
1: Well, we used uh, some footage that we took uh, over the last two years, uh, particularly after the George Floyd murder protests. Um, We also used archival footage from, uh, just that uh, about Martin Luther King Jr. We used uh, materials that we got from the archives uh, at Boston University, and we used extensively interviews with faculty members and community members here in Mankato. uh, That included uh, people here at MSU, people at uh, ISD 77, as well as two people who were actually there at the speeches.
0: Were they students at the time, the people who you got from that were actually there, which I assume they're older now because <laughs> 1961, <laughs> you know, that that's a while ago.
1: One of them was a high school student. Oh, wow. Um, and I believe he drove in f- from about 70 miles away. I'm, I don't remember really what town. Um, and then another, the other uh, participant was actually at the sermons and I think she may have been a college student at the time, but she, so she was at the two ser, one of the two sermons that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave at Centenary Methodist in the morning. And then he went to the high school and gave a, uh, lecture as well, a, a speech for the community that was, you know, standing room only capacity. And, uh, that is where our other participant that we found who was willing to go on, uh, mm-hmm. video we found other other people who were there who had been MSU students um, or had been members of the congregation at Centenary Methodist who were willing to share their recollect- recollections with us but didn't want to be uh, in in the actual movie they
0: didn't they weren't comfortable being on camera perhaps and I get that
1: not yeah. everybody wants to be a movie star karen
0: <laughs> that's right and so other folks you you mentioned uh, people here at Minnesota State so What is their connection to this?
1: Well, we wanted to get a, um, the the sort of main thesis or a main thesis running through the movie is, uh, what is the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s visit and how much has changed in 60 years? So we spoke with VP Henry Morris. We spoke with AVP Timothy Berry. We spoke with Dean Chris Brown uh, here at MSU. We also used our expertise in the history department, talked to Dr. Cooley. Uh, Dr. Jill Cooley in the history department and we spoke to other people in the community including Stacy Wells the communications director for ISD 77 Matt Moore who's a social studies teacher at West High School as well as our two uh, members who were community members who were there and if I've missed anybody that we interviewed My apologies. Are you in that,
0: Jameek, as the director of the Castle Peace Institute?
1: Um, I am the producer. I'm a producer of the movie. I don't think I made an Alfred Hitchcock (laughs) appearance in the movie. (laughs) No cameos. Or, yeah, I don't. No, I'm not going to be in the movie.
0: All right. And so when you were putting this together, what was one of the most difficult things to getting this information and, and getting a context for this historic event?
1: You know, it, it if anything, the the biggest obstacle we faced has been time. We had we had wanted to do this and in time for the actual anniversary, which was November eleventh. I'm sorry, November twelfth when he 1961, did the speech. When he okay. did the speech. And uh, the scheduling things, dealing with COVID issues right. made it just I mean, we, we were filming from the middle of September until almost November first. So the speed at which we're trying to put together a a 40 minute documentary was probably our biggest obstacle. And and we actually have enough footage, I believe. And I think Ryan, if you were here, Ryan's busy uh, uh, finishing the movie. (laughs) If Ryan were here, he would agree with this, that we could probably have a movie twice as long as 40 minutes easily. And it would still be a, a fantastic movie.
0: And you had talked about maybe marketing this for something broader than just its debut coming next Monday.
1: Yeah, we're going to make this a we're going to pitch this as a educational material for high school classrooms, and then I think we're going to be also taking a second look at the at the full movie and maybe expanding it and seeing if we can't get this onto uh, TPT uh, Minnesota or even get it shown uh, further further afield. You know, th- we I'm really proud of the work we did. And everybody we worked with was uh, fantastic. They were fun to work with. All our interviewees, our researchers, uh, a special shout out as well to the archivists at the MNSU library. You know, I think we've got a really fantastic movie here and we're going to try to distribute it as widely as possible.
0: What do you think is one of the most profound things that maybe will come out of this that people didn't know before?
1: Well, one of the things that surprised us was how many community members now didn't know that Dr. King was here. Well, obviously no pictures, so. (laughs) I mean, well, Mankato has this legacy, right? We've got, we were, uh, and forgive me if I get any of these facts wrong. I'm a historian and I apologize. I believe we were the first or one of the first cities in the United States to have a street named after Dr. King uh, to, to celebrate a day for Dr. King, as I well. I seem to
0: recall that as well. Mm-hmm. So
1: you know, and Cato has this long history, and of knowing about this and really doing something about it. Yet there's a substantial part of our community that didn't know about it. And then you know, the the legacy of Dr. King, when it comes to education in particular, is is so strong, and can be so powerful. And I think really reflecting on what that means it was all, was a really powerful. Uh, experience for for us
0: any surprises
1: Um, you know I, I think one of the things that surprised us and I, I think Steve who was at the I think that surprised me and Steve who was at the uh, uh, speech at the high school was the the presence of dr. King's bodyguards uh, and the idea that he brought or needed to bring bodyguards with him that he maybe didn't feel quite as safe as a person would want to feel in our community in 1961 I, I guess Maybe it's not surprising to some people, but to me it was disheartening.
0: That he had to to yeah. do to go that far to do that. Well, let's talk about the event itself. Coming up next Monday, this coming Monday, the 17th of January. The who, what, when, where, how?
1: Yeah, so it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And so to take advantage of this opportunity. And I do want to note that Dr. King's family has been a little bit depressed about the challenges to the voting Rights here in the United States, and they've called for an acknowledgement of that, and we, we do plan to acknowledge that. A Martin Luther King Jr. Day at 1:30 p.m. We had hoped to have a live audience, but we won't because of COVID. Yeah. We will be presenting the movie via Zoom. You can find the link on the SBS webpage at MNSU.
0: So MNSU stands for Minnesota State University, SBS, Social Behavioral Sciences, for those <laughs> who aren't familiar with our jargon.
1: That's right. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> yeah. um, and there should be press releases going out as well, to giving you this access. And you just register for the Zoom event. At 1.30, we'll introduce the event. Then we'll show the movie. The movie will run for 40 minutes. Uh, we'll have a panel discussion afterwards. The panel will feature Bukata Hayes, Stacey Wells, Jill Cooley, Timothy Berry, Chris Brown, Henry Morris, and Matt Moore. So and
0: in, in folks who have been involved yep, it, with the production the, and in it.
1: Absolutely. The panel features people that are in the documentary. And then that will be followed by the awarding of the Pathfinder Award by the Greater Mankato Diversity Council and that's it it's going to be a fantastic hour and a half or so maybe two hour long program and everyone is invited it is free to the public and you're just going to zoom it over your computer i know everybody's a little tired of that but yeah <laughs> uh, i do want to keep everybody safe and hopefully in the future we can do a uh, in-person live screening with popcorn
0: i should add that kmsu is a proud recipient of the MLK Pathfinder Award. I think it was 2015. I could be wrong, but because we do a lot of programming that's related to diversity. So, you know, that's why we focus on, feel it's very important and so pleased that we are able to have you on today. What other things would you like people
1: to know about this? Well, I think that for us as a community, we can reflect on the negatives of our history and we should also know the positives. And this is a positive moment in Mankato history that in 1961, whether it's imperfect uh, in his visit here with maybe how he felt for his personal safety, we do have this legacy and we need to build on this legacy. History, and I am a historian as well. I've mentioned that a few times, I think. It's okay. History, <laughs> history isn't really the record, just the recording of the past. History is how we look at the past to tell us who we are in the present and who we want to be in the future. So who does Mankato who do we want to be as a community in the future?
0: Well, it seems like we're known for the hanging of the 38. We and that seems are. like that's the number one thing that people think of. So it, it is nice to focus on something other than, the, like you said, the negatives.
1: Yep. I think we need to reflect on our legacy uh, with our Native American population here. And we need to uh, uh, say, how, what are some possible ways to move forward from that? How do we, as a community, grow and become the kind of community that we want to be?
0: as a historian which you've mentioned several times which is fine <laughs> Jamil it's perfectly fine how do you feel that the history is being taught now compared to like when maybe I was in school and I'm a lot older than you you know back in the seventies when I was in elementary school we had I guess American history etc I think was a lot different than maybe it's taught now
1: you know I, I actually this is a, a field that I research uh, in my work as a oh, historian perfect and You know, when it comes to particularly to the world history narrative, there are a lot of problems built into it because of the transition from the Western Civ or Western Civilization narrative into the world history narrative. So even though we've become more inclusive, our inclusions are problematic. Curriculum is a a very slow-changing, slow-moving river. And we are moving in the right direction. We are including more people we are working to make our curriculum non-racist and it's a process though that is ongoing and not unquestioned as you probably have been aware in our own community people have been questioning the inclusion of non-white non-male non-christian narratives into our, our history and that's a problem so hopefully though the side uh, for inclusion and equity will triumph and i think we are triumphing but it's certainly not without challenge here in mankato
0: i mean i I keep hearing people say that well we're erasing history i don't know that we're erasing history but bringing out other things in history that we just weren't aware of kind of like you're doing with this visit of mlk to mankato yeah
1: when when you include you don't erase so if you want to have the history of the climbing of mount everest and you're like well sir edmund hillary climbed mount everest It's not erasing him to say that Tenzing Norgay carried all his stuff and did it (laughs) before him. That's not erasing him. That's just acknowledging the contributions of the Nepali Sherpas. Uh, The same thing can be said about York, an enslaved person who carried all the stuff for Lewis and Clark. Why isn't York in the textbooks?
0: I feel the same way of being in a band. Why does the main singer always get the attention? What about (laughs) all the backup? They (laughs) couldn't. Yeah, what about the <laughs> trumpet player? Right. I'm just, yeah, so, but yeah, it is important, I think, and interesting. Do you have any books or anything that you would recommend that maybe people could look at to see the context of some of the things we've been
1: talking about? Uh, possibly one one place to start in a very readable book is, the I think it's called The Lies My History Teacher Told Me. Oh, okay. The Lies My Teacher Told Me. That's mm-hmm. one's been out there for a while. I am going to be working on a volume, hopefully, for... Production soon. I've got my sabbatical coming up next year, so fingers crossed I get to finish my book. There's a lot of that good research out there. It's not always that accessible. One of the people we had on our for one of our Kessel events and a history event was Tamim Ansari, and he's got a book, uh, Destiny Disrupted The History of the World Through Islamic Eyes. That's also a good place to start if you're interested in confronting anti Muslim bias.
0: Okay. What is your next project? What are, do you have other things in down the pike? Because uh, as of the director of the Kessel Peace Institute, I imagine it's never-ending what your your work is.
1: Yeah. Well, Ryan and I are talking about making this a series. Really? And maybe, okay. I don't know what exactly we'd focus on next. Maybe we'd do something on Dr. Kessel himself. But
0: Who know, was Dr. Kessel?
1: Dr. Kessel was a fantastic human being. He was born in Iran and then immigrated to the United States, where he got his doctorate at the University of Chicago. He then taught here at MSU for decades and hired... He was in the political science department. He was a pacifist, and he was instrumental in diffusing the tensions in the Vietnam War protests that we had here in Mankato. People might not remember this so well. Uh, There is a library documentary on the... 1970s protests here in Mankato but things almost got extremely violent and it was dr. Kessel's presence that kept Mankato from becoming a scene of violence and celebration of his life and his legacy uh, the University has the Kessel uh, Peace Institute to promote peace and social justice in Mankato and in the greater community
0: so part two that's a good one. That's and what we're that's any, what we're thinking. Any other ideas beyond that? Just curious.
1: Oh, just some boring history stuff. I'm kidding. History no. stuff is very exciting. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to be continuing my work on anti-Muslim bias in history books, okay. as well as looking at the activities of an American consul, Charles Brissell, in Baghdad during World War One, which was essentially my dissertation research. Okay. And probably write another thrilling book about. Uh, American diplomacy uh, during the First World War.
0: We've been talking with Dr. Jamil Huck, who is the director of the Kessel Peace Institute and a, an instructor. I
1: am an associate professor in the history department. History,
0: okay, it's, which is in the College <laughs> of Social Behavioral Sciences, yes. or, yeah. So we want to, again, just reiterate the Martin Luther King Day coming up on Monday. The event will be at 1.30 via online. The virtual.
1: Yes. Please register in advance. Registration is very easy. You can uh, go to the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences webpage at MSU to access that link. There should be press releases coming out today and hopefully emails to alumni uh, in the near future.
0: Are there any other events that are going on that you're aware of in the community regarding MLK Day?
1: I don't believe so this year. It's been very problematic because of COVID. Um, I think that everybody's really taken a hard look at paring down their in-person activities and the realization, too, that most people don't want to sit at a computer. But this movie will be awesome. So sit at your computer. Yeah, so this this is
0: the premiere. and, And like I said, it might be expanded in the future to be on public television or elsewhere. So you can say you saw it first here in Mankato.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank
0: you so much. We appreciate your time, Jamil, and best of luck. I hope you get a good, a good audience. Thank you. All right. Take care.